0: Welcome to the Undercover Angel Podcast. Thanks for listening. Moving right along. So we went from the fight. Now we're into the love part. More trauma bonding. And this is my first girlfriend. I actually technically had a girlfriend in sixth grade. This this part takes... This vignette takes place in seventh grade. The... The previous stuff was six, the previous junior high stuff was sixth grade. This girl was seventh grade. There was technically a girlfriend I had in sixth grade. I was terrified of her. I didn't even really know what to say to her ever. We just, like, it was so awkward. And everybody in between the summer of sixth grade and seventh grade started making out. Like, making out became this thing, and I was afraid to make out. So we're going to get to that. All my friends started making out. There would be these makeout parties. They're like kids, like little kids, like twelve years old, totally going at it, like feeling. I remember when my friend, like, because everybody does it in front of one another, like it's like a makeout party, and you can like see your friend's hand up this girl's shirt, you know, like watching Jared's hand up this girl's shirt in six, in like a seventh, sixth, seventh grade makeout party. This is growing up. It's like the Blink-White 82 song. I guess this is growing up. So anyway, this was my first love and my first like real love. And I really, like, I truly loved her. I truly, truly, truly loved her. And it was like puppy love, but it was real. And, and there was then all of a sudden this pressure to, to make out right? So this is seventh grade. Everybody had been making out. A lot of my friends had been making out. Now there was this pressure for me to make out. And so like Jared's like, I, he had to like talk to her friend to find out if, if she would make out back, if I made out, like, and, um, and he's like, yeah, she told, she told Marsha she'd open her mouth if you kiss her and that she'll do tongue. So go for it. And he was, he was really just a dick, by this point, he was really just kind of an an asshole, and and so they're like antagonizing. He's like antagonizing me, and everybody's like making. You know, they don't think that I'll do it. And like finally, there was this there was this this bus trip, this trip on a bus. It was actually to a it was actually to a a ski res, It was actually to Alpine Valley to go skiing, which was the first time I went skiing in seventh grade. But in the book, I say it was the ice rink because I didn't want to have to explain it any further there are certain things that were slightly changed just to move the story around I can assure you all of the gnarly 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 stuff is 100% real up to and including the first kiss it was very <laughs> it was terrifying and I like kissed her on this bus we were on our way home from Wisconsin and I had actually learned to ski that day too which was formative because there was stoke involved with that but it was, it like wasn't enough. So then I tell my friends and they like, like Jared doesn't even believe me. I'm going to combine a few chapters in, in this stories in this podcast. So then I like have to, now I've made out with her. Now I have to write her a note. And like her friend tells me I have to write her a note. And then Jared's like, she, it's, it's really, it's really easy to write him notes. You just write him a note and you know, whatever, just give it to her and she'll read it. And then she'll write you a note back. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, I can't write a note. Like, I'm so scared. Like, I'm absolutely terrified. I'm completely terrified to write this girl a note. And so she's, she's like eyeing my weakness the whole time, right? Because we had this, like, we had a real connection. The last time I saw her, I think I was probably 28 years old. And we had, like, a real connection, But it was also a trauma bond, right? I loved her with all of my heart, and I remember this night at the movies with her. We were watching Top Gun, Top Gun Part 1 with Tom Cruise. And as it says here, even now I can see her, the lights brightening, the aisle floor to our left, Tom Cruise top Gunning in front, her her face to my right, her mouth and her teeth and her lips lit by the screen as the movie cast shadows and light. And I'll never forget that night. It was one of the best nights of my entire life. But we would go to the, we would go to the, to the lake at night to make out. And, and it was just this really magical time in my life. But then she started getting mean. So she would start to like, now mind you at the time, I'm like four foot, I'm like maybe four foot six ish. I'm like 68 pounds. I'm tiny. And she's like five one or something like 101 pounds or something, but she's like bigger than me. And she just one day started, she just started being a bitch one day, just in general. She just started being really awful to me and being verbally abusive and then physically abusive. She would like throw me around and toss me around. She would like beat me up in front of people. Now, by this point, I know that I'm really small and I know that I'm really weak. I talk about in the, I think maybe the previous chapter or one of these junior high chapters about how in the wrestling units in gym, I couldn't beat anybody. I was like the worst. The only kid I could beat was this, was this challenged kid, quote-unquote challenged kid. It was the only kid I could beat at wrestling. And so all of this stuff adds up. It all builds up inside. Again, I have nowhere to go. And now I'm getting beat up by a girl, you know? And it felt like all everybody did was laugh at me. And as it says, and then she abused me with more than, more than just words threw me around on the grass at the park, wrestled and pinned me. At first it was fun joking around with my girl, but then she got cruel and sadistic, meaner with each passing moment. And she was like truly abusive to me. And I tolerated it. This is trauma bonding in relationships. This is what set the template for my romantic relationships moving forward, which I eventually just pieced out from altogether and developed a case of what's referred to as relationship anorexia. So trauma bonding, victim sidekick, more and more and more of the same. This child is supposed to be maturing, but everybody else is growing and he's just tiny and weak. And now he's getting beat up by a girl and all of his friends are making out and he's making out too, but he's also afraid to write a note. And and his girl thinks that he's a weak little <laughs> pussy for for that and then one night and then and then one day rather you know we break up and Jared moved in on her Jared moved in on her the day that we broke up or the day after we broke up he asked her out right in front of me and I was devastated I mean it was real devastation this was not a joke I cried and I cried and I cried it was fucking awful it was freaking awful and this was how my relationships went moving forward. This is why I'm a lonely 48-year-old man. For real. It actually is. Because the, the trauma bond becomes the template. So when someone healthy presents herself, you, you, if, you're interest, if you're used to trauma bonding, when somebody healthy comes along, you're, you're not interested in it. Most people aren't interested in it. So you have to literally retrain your brain. You have to retrain the... Uh, the synapses, what's the word? The neural pathways for healthy. It's like switching from Big Macs to salads. And I became addicted to Big Macs in many different forms at a very early age. So what's happening now is I'm getting very used to emotional intoxication. I've got the anger happening at home still, and now I've got this new type of feeling, this devastating heartbreak. And all of these chemicals, all of these emotions, emotions, if you read the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, it's brilliant, or watch some videos on YouTube from Joe Dispenza. Basically, um, events happen in our lives, and we experience emotions when those events happen, and those emotions release chemicals, and we get addicted to the chemicals that get released by the emotions. And he does it a brilliant job of explaining this to like, to the, to a lay person, a, a lay brain. He's like a lay, lay person's brain scientist. Um, but yeah, so the, 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 the chemicals are released and we get released to the, we get, a, we get, a, we get, the chemicals are released and we get addicted to the chemicals that are released when we experiencing these, when we experience these emotions. Now, punk rock is right around the corner and this is, when I start getting interested in music, I wasn't really into The Cure. I didn't get into The Cure until I was in my 20s. But that music that sort of catered to the darkness, catered to this misery, was, was right around the corner. And that is coupled, obviously, the music, this punk rock music, is it, it goes hand in hand with skateboarding, which was what happened, where I turned... I turned to skateboarding when Elizabeth the character known as Elizabeth in the book shattered my my heart and and Jared then scooped her scooped her up. So there was a line from a song that uh by Billy Bragg that goes in the end it took me Billy Bragg's one of my favorite musicians. He's got this line that says In the end, it took me a dictionary to find out the meaning of unrequited while she was giving herself for free at a party to which I was never invited. I will never understood my failings then, and I hide my humble hopes now. Thinking back, she made us want her a girl not old enough to shave her legs. It's called the Saturday Boy. It's a beautiful song. It's interesting that that Beautiful song would be my favorite song because it's just a song about being devastated in like 3rd grade or 6th grade or 7th grade whenever this happened. So Elizabeth one day decided that we were fighting too much and it was time to break up and then Jared swooped in. And that was that. There was a party and I was grounded for the party. I think I say in the book that I was I was I wasn't invited to the party. I think I was invited to the party, but I was grounded. I was actually grounded for the party because I, I lit something on fire in my closet for kicks, and so I was grounded. And then I talk about wanting things to burn, and several chapters ago also being into fire, I was kind of a pyromaniac, which makes sense now, doesn't it? But because I lit something on in fire inside my home, I, my mother grounded me, and then as a result of being grounded, Jared moved in. That was happening on top of all of this other trauma bonding that was happening between me and Elizabeth. So, so it goes. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.